moving around so much, did you have community? For me, I think people are always in our house. If they're not coming for prayers, they're coming for breakfast, lunch, supper. They're coming to sleep over because they've been thrown out. They're homeless. So according to the arrival story of my tribe and how we got here and where we are from, is that there were two people that God created. And God in my tribe is called Gai Mwenenya, like facing the mountain. And God of the mountain, Kerenyaga, that now they call Mount Kenya. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Wajiko to the podcast. She is from the motherland of Africa and lives in Kenya. We met in Atlanta last December at the advanced level of the Somatic Experiencing Practitioner Train. When I saw Wajiko at the training, I felt like we had met before, perhaps from a different lifetime. We connected over many things, especially our love for hot chocolate. I love her playful and joyful nature. Wajiko is a trauma-informed teacher, spiritual director, and integrated healer. She is the founder and lead at Integrated Living. In this episode, we talk about Wajiko's tribe, the tribe's arrival story, the meaning of her name and her clan's name. We discuss many things like lands that felt like home to us. For Wajiko, it is Santa Fe, New Mexico, and for me, it's Spain. We also discuss our little adventure at Atlanta's airport. It's quite funny. I ask Wajiko how she looks after herself. Spoiler alert, she naps. Listen to the end of this episode as she shares a beautiful prayer. In this episode, you will often hear us say S-E or S-E-P. That stands for Somatic Experiencing and Somatic Experiencing Practitioner. When Wajiko mentions Dada Efu, she refers to our SE teacher, Efu Nayaki, who taught the first BIPOC-only Somatic Experiencing Practitioner training cohort. As always, advice from your Chinese auntie, Ee, me, is at the end of each episode, and links to Wajiko's website for her upcoming Healers Retreat on August 11th to 17th in Kenya, are all in the show notes. Hello, Wajiko. Hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, my friend. And how are you since the last time I saw you? Yeah. I am good. It's very cold here. How is it? You're in Kenya right now? Right now? Yes. I'm in Nairobi. It's a very strange weather. On a normal January, we have heat. It's yeah. not like it's summer. But right now, it's raining and rainy. It's wet and just cold and damp. <sighs> yeah. But we, we're getting some sun here and there. Like, so during, like today, during the day, it was hot. Then as the evening came, it started to rain. Mm. Welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me. Of course. This question for you is, mm-hmm. who are you? What mm-hmm. is your identity? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And whatever you want to share with us? That's a good question. <laughs> I am a human being. <laughs> I'm human. I live on the blue planet called Earth. <laughs> Specifically on the motherland, Africa. Ooh. In the east of it, in a country called Kenya. My name is Wajiko. And I am a beloved child of God. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, I am a beloved child of God. That's who I am. I'm beloved. Yeah. <laughs> so good to say that. Feels, oh, that feels so me. good. We got to embody it. Since we're both somatic experiencing practitioners, we just need to embody it. We need to embody it. So, did you grow up in Nairobi? No, I grew up in, in so many places because first, uh, my dad, he, he worked for the government. Then he was a preacher. So because of those two things, we were moving all over the place. So I've lived in many places. I was born in a town called Nakuru. It's in the Rift Valley. Okay, so then we moved to... 
a place called Limuru. It's cold. Is that a place called Limuru? It's cold. <laughs> there we stayed there in Limuru and that was in the early 90s. That's when my dad left government work and he became a preacher man. Oh. And so when he became a preacher man, we moved from one side of Limuru to another side because he went to, a, he was going to now join a seminary for training. So we moved to another side of Limuru. And then after his training, we moved to outskirts of the city. Oh. That's where he, he was planting churches, one church after the other. So then we've lived even in like Machakos, like in, yeah, no, at the river, Kitengela. We've lived in different parts, all these places, like the outskirts of the main city. Yeah, we've lived in so many places. Resounding. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place? One place that you remember that you goes, oh, yeah, I will yeah. go back there. I think immediately you asked me that question, the, the place that came to my mind was Limuru before my dad uh, now became like a preacher, preacher man, because we had a farm and then we would like, and then the, the our house was like a tin house, but it was like a modern tin house. I don't know how to say, like it was made of tin, like iron sheets, but it was very modernized, was warm inside the, he had meat, like he, we say like cut boards he put inside. It was a very big house, Whoa. but we had a, a farm for fresh vegetables. And then we had an area outside the house that had such nice grass. So sometimes they would come from school and you, even if you don't find somebody at home, you just lie on the grass, go to the vegetable farm, pick carrots, wash them at the tap and eat. Oh, it was so nice. <laughs> I grew a lot of carrots. How many years were you guys there for? Uh, I don't remember when we came. I must have been very small, but we left when I was... Six, seven, eight, when I was eight. Whoa. Whoa. We were there, I think, even when I was three years old, because we were there even before I joined the school. And, okay. and that's when now I can remember, but we were already there when I can remember. So we must have been there for some time, maybe, I don't know, maybe seven years. I don't know how long we were there. Yes, it was so nice. Oh, the <laughs> village. Yeah, it was village life. Yeah. Yeah. Your face <laughs> lights up when you talk about that. Yes. Also, I remember one of my best friends who's, who's now an ancestor. He, I met him there. And so he, I just have good memories. Okay. Also, bad things happened when we were there. But like, I, the good memories are very fresh in my mind. Yeah. My auntie, one of my favorite aunts, didn't live so far from us. She's also since departed. She's an ancestor. Just, it was a good place. I like it. I have good memories. Yeah. When I talk about it. Yeah. That's so yeah. great. Moving around so much, did you have community? I would guess maybe because dad was a preacher. Yeah. Cause he was a preacher. And the, the, for me, I think people are always in our house. If they're not coming for prayers, they're coming for breakfast, lunch, supper. They're coming to sleep over cause they've been thrown out. They're homeless. So I think we always had people in the house, but then when we went to the seminary, it was a different type of community. So when we lived in the small village where we had a farm, it was like people from my tribe mostly and people maybe from very few other tribes. But when we went to seminary, it was a whole different world. It was people from different tribes and people from different countries. So it was really nice. So we had all types of people that we had not interacted with. So we got to learn a lot about other cultures, food. Uh, it was so good. I liked it there at the seminary because the community was different. It was still communal. would share food. Yeah. The usual, you'd be disciplined by anybody. You could sleep. Uh, yeah, like that. You could eat in anybody's house. But it was a different community because it had more tribes and it also now had the international aspect. I liked it also there. That's nice. Right. This question, like bringing me good memories. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. You know, just, just, oh, yeah, Patricia. Not just to bring me chocolate to also ask the question. Oh, that hot yeah. chocolate. We need to talk about that. So, for the listeners, when we were at training in December, I would bring hot chocolate for my lovely friend here because she loves them. My question for you is, can you not get it in Nairobi? 
No, I can't. I only I I only get it when I travel. That specific one, the Swiss Miss. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. I know. I only get it when I travel. Oh, oh! I should send you a care package. Oh, please oh. and thank you. I'll send you my address. All right, <laughs> you send me your address. We will get you some hot chocolate. I would love to hear you talk a bit about what your about what? your your tribe. Your ancestors, mm. if you would mm. love to talk a bit about that. Yeah, yeah, that, I can. So my tribe is called the Hagikoyo tribe. So in my country, Kenya, we are from the central part of the country, the mountain peoples. The Hagikoyo uh, people, they're also like part of another bigger, I don't know if to call it a collabo. <laughs> bigger collabo, yeah. We can do collabo. They're called the Gema. Gekoyo, Embu, Meru, and Akamba. They're like Bantus. But we are also almost in the same region. And the, when we speak, we can hear each other. Uh, it's close. The language is close to each other. The Gema people. So can you, you can understand each other? Not completely, but it's close. You can pick up words here and there. Whoa. Not like other tribes that are a bit far from us. So they're called the Gemma. But there's also a lot of political associations with that Gemma thing. It's not just because of the closeness of the church. Anyway, from the Agikoyo people. And so my name is Wajiko. And my name is a clan name. Okay. Yeah. So what I mean by a clan name is, so I don't know if you have this in your culture as well. Every tribe in my country. And I think in most African countries on the motherland, it, we have a creation story, like an origin, a story of origin. How did we land here? How did we get on the blue planet? So according to the arrival story of my tribe and how we got here and where we are from, is that there were two people that God created. And God in my tribe is called Gai, like facing the mountain. And God of the mountain, Kerenyaga that now they call Mount Kenya. So I said there are two, and it's a man and a woman. So the man was called Gekuyo, and the woman was called Mobi. And Mobi also in, in my language means creator, like source of life. So that was the name of the wife of Gekuyo, which is also now our tribe name. So the story goes that Gekuyo na Mobi had nine daughters. Okay, so there are nine daughters, and Wajiko is one of the nine. And those nine became the nine clans. Now, something else in my tribe that when we count, we don't say 10. Okay, yeah, I know. We say a full nine. So, how we say a full nine in my tribe is Keda Moyuru. Keda is nine, Moyuru, a full. Keda Moyuru. So now we, that means they're not just nine. We also have a 10 because it's a full nine. Oh, oh. So those ones are called the Aisakamoyos, Aisakamoyo Amoyos. So my name is Wajiko. My clan is Agasiko. Okay. That's the clan that, that comes from Wajiko. But that here is the twist. <laughs> it's my name. That's a clan name, but that's not my clan. I know. Okay, I think you need to explain that a little bit more. Yeah, because now you get your clan from your father's side. Uh, okay. Yeah, so your whatever clan your father is, that's... So me, I my clan is De Moiverado. Moiverado comes from the girl, Moivera. So now that's my dad's clan. So that's also now my clan, De Moiverado. Yeah, so... The daughters are nine. They all of them have wa 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 wajiko waji wagari waidera yes wamoyo all of them wa 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 yeah that's beautiful. What's what does wajiko means? That's a very good question because I really be trying to find the meaning of this name and everybody has their own thing. Anyway, so two things. So these are also two interesting facts. In my country, Kenya, everybody who's not a part of the political class is called Wajiko. 
Yeah, I know. It's the name that is used to refer to everybody. The common, we call it the common monarchy, the common citizen oh. is called Wajiko. So if you come to Kenya and or you're reading articles about Kenya or you're seeing about especially political agitation and all the revolutionary things that have happened in the political scenes, the clamor for multi-party, you will see like in the news, even like in the, you will read and hear, they'll say Wajiko wants a new constitution. It doesn't mean me or anybody else called Wajiko. It means the whole Kenyan population wants a new constitution. Okay. It's almost like it means like the people. Like you're like yes. the people. Exactly. Wajiko means the people. Ooh. So that's one one meaning. If you say Wajiko, the, the, then people are like, oh yeah, the people. Then now for my name, like uh, on a like individual level. So what I've found is two things. I'm still trying to find out. Is that the Wajiko Agasiko? The clan, their gift was like sales, salespeople, oh. selling. Also, another one I found is that they were blacksmiths. They worked with metal. But I'm still trying to find out. I really can't say that I have found the one. But those are the two I found so far, that they were salespeople and they were blacksmiths. And they would create things with the, with like, they would do blacksmith kind of stuff. Yeah. So when you say blacksmith and salespeople, I'm thinking creative. Do you embody that? Are you creative? Yeah, I think I'm a creative. I have the creativity. And like when you say it like that, I was like, oh, what is this one? Yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah. I'll take creatives. I'll take creative. But I also take the people. So you take the people. Like, yeah. In your family, your lineage, who names mm-hmm. you? Is it the mother or father or, or ancestors or, or grandparents? So how it happens, which I have not followed personally, like in my own offspring, but how it ideally has been happening over generations is that in my tribe, you are named, you name like crisscross. Okay. So if you get married and then you have a, a son, the son is named after the father of your husband. Okay. If you get a daughter, the hus- it's patriarchal. The husband gets first dips. Mm. So if you get another daughter and another son, it goes to the mother's side. If you get a third son, it goes to the brother. Yeah, it goes to the brother of, oh. the, of the other side. It goes to the brother of the father. Another son, brother of the mother. Daughter, the same. Daughter of the sister of the father, sister of the father, like that, until you're done giving birth. So like in my family, where I am born of my late father, James Kiariwa Kuria, and my mother who's alive, Madrid Wakari, Wakari, we have four girls. So my first one sister is named after my paternal grandmother. I am named after my maternal grandmother. My sister who follows me is named after a paternal aunt. And the last one after a maternal aunt. Well, get it? Yes. But you didn't follow that for your children. No, I didn't follow that for my children. Because you're a rebel. Because I'm a rebel. (laughs) In my family, no, this is not Mm -hmm. typical of all Chinese family, but in my family, the... My mom and dad's side, all the children, the name has two characters. We wouldn't say, it's not like a middle name. You know how Western people have a middle name? It's not a middle name. It's just that all the Chinese name has two characters. And in the family, all the siblings, the first character is the same. Wow. You have your last name, which, so my maiden last name is Lo or Lao. And then the mm-hmm. character that my dad or my paternal grandfather chose was Boon. So my sister, brother, and I have Boon. And then the last character is Stephen. And my cousin, like their middle character, one of them is you, Y-O-U. And their second character is different. So that's how it works in my immediate mm-hmm. family. So as you have three names, you get three. 
So because thanks to the colonialists, you get an English name, then you get your tribal name, which that's the one most of the time is from, is you're named after someone. Then you get uh, your surname, which is like now mine, Kerry, which is the name of your father. Well, but yes, not everybody get English name. So I Great. wasn't, not everybody will get an English name. Ah, nice, nice. Patricia wasn't given to me by my parents. Oh, okay. Well, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s in Singapore, you only mm -hmm. have an English name if you're Catholic or Christian. Yes, but I yes, wasn't yes. brought up Catholic or Christian, so I didn't have a English an English name. I mm. took on Patricia when I came here into Canada mm. because my Chinese name was being butchered and made fun of, which mm. is common and was common because people couldn't pronounce it, so they would shorten or change the name or make it sound different. It's quite common in America and Canada. A lot of BIPOC folks would talk about, especially Asians, about changing their names or taking on an English mm -hmm. name. These mm -hmm. days, not so much because there's more awareness. For those of us who came like 10, 20, 30 years ago, we took mm -hmm. on a, a simpler name because it was butchered. Mm -hmm. Oh, you won't get a job because they look yeah. at the resume and they're like, mm -hmm. like when I was at university, so my maiden name is Lo Bun Lane. When I was at university, because I went to business school, the teacher looked at my name and said, no, you shouldn't put that on your resume. Nobody's going to hire you. Yeah, it's racism. It still exists, but I'm hoping it's not as bad as it was maybe even five, ten years ago. How do you feel saying that, Patricia? How does that help you? How do you feel? Oh, there's definitely grief there. I have dealt with it and I processed it a few years ago because I don't know whether that happens with your family, the tribe too. Like my maiden last name got changed when my grandfather got his passport. So. It's not even our real maiden last name because the spelling got changed. Mm. So when you talk about doing ancestral healing work, which I did for a while there, it's something that I had to come to terms with because it's like, oh, the name has so much meaning, which is the same as it does. yours, but yeah. it got changed. Mm -hmm. It got changed. So it's, which it's a loss there. It's a loss. Mm. Because then mm -hmm. which route do I take to honor my ancestors? And how mm -hmm. do I honor my ancestors that is not honoring the name? So I needed to mm -hmm. honor my ancestors and do the healing work mm -hmm. in a different way that is not related to names. Wow. Mm -hmm. I am curious about your path to what you're doing now. What do you do now? Tell the people. People tell the people. The people. Wanjiko. Tell the Wanjiko. Tell the Wanjiko. <laughs> hey, this is great. The people tell the, the people. The people. I talk you to the people. Yeah. <laughs> I do healing work. I like to say I'm a teacher, a spiritual companion, and an integrated healer. Ooh. That's what I like to call myself. When I do healing work, I use a lot of modalities. I'm an SCP. Me and Patricia, we're NCP. Yes, we are. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which means somatic experience, experiencing practitioners. So um, thank you to the work of Dr. Peter Levine. So, um, oh. so I use different healing works, art work, nature work, ancestral healing work. And also because of my spiritual upbringing, I identify as a follower of Jesus. And I'm also a spiritual director trained in the Anglican church, the Anglican and Catholic traditions. So I use a lot of that in my work. I don't force people to my faith. It informs my work. Not but it does, it's not but it does inform my work. Yeah, so that's what I do. And I do individual work. So I work with individual clients. 
I also work with like organizations, churches, groups of mm -hmm. people, schools, learning institutions, universities, colleges. So that's the work I do. And right now, I'm very excited. Oh yeah, before I say about how excited I am, and I have a private, so I do this through my private practice that's called Integrated Living. The reason why that practice is called Integrated Living is because I believe that we have to pursue growth and actually really it's actually realistically how we grow as human beings. Every area of our lives at the same time, but not at the same pace. So I'm talking mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and socially. Those are the five areas that, that I normally work with, mostly with my clients and at Integrated Living. And the encouragement and teaching and training and guiding and companioning is that you grow all these areas at the same time, but not at the same rates. Mm. Because you see, yeah, the way we live life, we live it in faces, we live it, yeah, faces, that's a full sentence, we live it in faces and at different faces of, in, a, in a, every phase of life, there's an area that might grow higher than another one. So you just need to walk in that conscious awareness, but you're intentionally growing. It does, but not at the same rate. But you're growing not at the same rate. Yeah, that's what integrated living is about. And that's the name of my Yeah. And in 2024, the year of our life, 2024. Or doing many things, but one of the biggest things that I'm doing is that I'm hosting a, a healer's retreat in August. Ooh. Patricia Peterson, you're very much welcome to Kenya. Yeah. And so it's big. It's going to be in August, the 11th to the 17th. I'm really excited about it. It's a space for healers, people who do healing work, different types of healing work, sound healers, touch Ooh. healers, spiritual healers, all types of healers just to come together and be rejuvenated, be mm. refreshed, and be renewed. Because healing work is a is hard work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like a lot of essences coming out of you all the time, you need a space to be with people who speak your language, mm. who understand you, but also just... Yes. Yeah, yeah. so that's the space I'm creating and I'm really excited about it. I'm yeah. so excited of you. I'm going to add the link to the show notes so people can find. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> I wish I could oh. come. I don't know what to do with the puppy though. Well, you can get a puppy caregiver. You can put the puppy in the, oh, you can leave it with Mr. Mister. Or you, <laughs> you can take it to a puppy holiday home. It's true. I'll set the intention and see what spirit brings. That's the way to go, love. That's mm -hmm. the only way to move. How did you get to, talk about your path of work. How did you get to where you are today? Is this what you've always I done? I walked all the way here. I walked. <laughs> I'm only giggling because that is true. One step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I walked here. <laughs> anyway, what I have come to just be comfortable with is that this gift I arrived with. This gift of healing. I came with it. Um, but the thing with gifts, even if you come with them, you need training. You need a lot of wisdom and knowledge and sharpening and stuff like that. Because these gifts, they can consume you and destroy you if you don't, if they're not put under a lot of care. So yeah, I'm, I came with it, but I have not always been where I am. So it's taking a lot of training, like going back to school, seeking people who speak my language, seeking to be in spaces that I feel spirit is guiding me, like doing SE mm -hmm. with EFU, with Dada EFU Nyaki. Mm -hmm. And being in training with uh, Thomas Hubo. So different spaces that I have found myself, oh, spirit has guided me to just to get training and shopping. And then in those spaces, I found a lot of people that have not become my tribe, my community. Look at us, Patricia. On this? I met you at an SC training. I know. You know? So, a lot of friends that I have made, one of my soul sisters, she's down in uh, South Africa. Oh. 
So she's, I met her in TWT. She's, her name is Tombietu Pambeyase. So many people that have become very close to me, very dear to me, and have nourished me and encouraged me on this path. I met them in training. So I also went to seminary to train, get harnessed. And yes, I have to give a shout out to one of my BFFs. Babatu is my Nigerian BFFs. So I also met him in seminary. So many people that I've met. So you, I feel you get here with the gift, whatever gift is, but that gift needs a lot of training and harnessing and sharpening. So that's me. So that's what I've been doing, training, sharpening, and then sharing, giving. Because you see, when you have the gift, you have to give it back. So yeah. Did you always know you had the gift or were you resistant to the gift when you were younger? Because some people don't see the gift. Until they are old. It's an obliviousness. You have something, but you can't like place it. Like you can't say, you know, you're different, but you can't yeah. say how different. But like for me, when I think about my life, and that's I told you, one of the places that I really remember is the, the, the place where we used to have carols. Because my friend who died is called Wilson. Mm. I love you in death and in life, my friend. He's in my ancestral circles. He made me a dress, a multicolored dress. For me, I feel it was prophetic. Again, I come from the Christian faith. So I was like, yeah, this is my Joseph dress. <laughs> me and my dreamings. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing of trying to help people now small, I tell them, no, just come to my house. If you don't have food, my mom keeps telling me, I'd, I'd go to the, because I went to the local nursery school. And then I tell if you don't have food in your house, just come to our house because we have food. So I'd bring like the children lunchtime to my, to my, and say, yeah, here we have food. You can eat here. <laughs> Hosting people, welcoming people. And then also the thing of the knowing, I don't know how to explain it, yeah. but the knowing, the seeing, the hearing, that one I've had it for a long time. It's oh. been weird through, now, now it's a bit refined. I can't say it's very, but it's more refined. The knowing, the feeling, the sensing, the awareness, the picking up of things, it's been there, but it was not very fine. Then my grandmother, also my maternal grandmother, she used to tell me, you're the chosen one. You're the one. You're the one with the gift. I'm like, but also I'm named after, I think maybe it's because I'm named after the people who speak into your life. And then, yeah. like, then now in hindsight, this is my 40th year of life, by the way. I'm oh. going to be 40 next week. So oh, like, happy birthday. Thank you, girl. Oh, so, oh I miss you. I, I miss you. I'm going to come visit. Just looking back and just thinking about, oh, this person said this. is Like people who see the gift in you yeah. and they call it out. Like that friend of mine, I'm telling you, Baba Tomei, they, they see and they call it out. They speak out. Yeah. My friend, Toby, she's actually a recent friend. So people from before, before even I met Nanana. So like they see you and they speak, they're like, and you could, you have something, you have this gift, you're able to be with people, you're able to listen to people, you're able to talk to people, you're able to guide people, people. And then also just noticing strangers sit next to you and they just pour their whole life story. Yes. And then the thing of, if somebody comes to you and to me and uh, they ask me something and I know I didn't practice it, but I'm just you know, like, who's that? I need to write to the but. Have you now that okay? I love this. No, but I love this because when you think about it, have you met someone by chance on the bus or something, and then you and you have a conversation and you look back and you thought that was life changing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is there one that stands out in your head, in your mind, right now that you want to share? Yes. So I'm in this class. That, this is actually an AC one. And also because I just spoke with Dada April a few hours. So I'm in an AC class. I don't even remember what was going on in that AC. Uh, no, I'm in a TWT. I'm in a, one of Thomas's, Thomas Hubo's oh. classes. I don't even remember what was going on. I can't place it exactly, but somebody talked about AC in that class. Um. I had never heard about AC ever in my whole life. I'm like, S what? So I'm a person, my friends say, you give me a bone, I'll run with it. Like I will go the rabbit hole until I reach the end. 
Son and so much ticket. Never had success, but it was really calling to me. So I just go online and I'm like, I already have a, a Thomas Hubo is, is my teacher. He's a male. He's white. When I'm saying in my heart, if you give me another teacher for something, I want it to be a black person and I want it to be a woman. Oh, oh, oh. So I go online and I specifically type somatic experiencing black woman, something like, guess who comes up? I'm telling you the truth. Oh. I reach out to this woman and she's like, I know you. That's the shocking bit of it. I know me. And I, I saw you in a video. I saw you in a Thomas who would, I'm like, what? Because she does, she's collaborated with Thomas and stuff. So I'm like, what? Anyway, we feed it off and the rest is history now. I'm an SCP oh. and we're bringing SD to Kenya. Oh. So, but from 2025, God willing, inshallah, everything lining up, we should bring SD to East Africa. Oh, I'm yeah. so proud of you. So, you know, changing, as you're saying, thank you, thank you, love. I'm so proud of Life-changing encounters, life-changing. That's beautiful. I love that. It's just so great because I truly feel that when you allow things to happen mm-hmm. and you don't stand in your own way, mm-hmm. doors open, things start to end. It doesn't always happen that way because sometimes when we're going through a difficult time, we don't see that we're not able to allow things to flow. But when we can do that and we take a step back, it's the wow. So Mm. I'm not alone. Spirit, Mm. universe, God, whoever, whatever your word is, Mm -hmm. you allow that to flow. And then it's, oh, okay, I met this Mm -hmm. person for a reason, Mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are the chances of you and I meeting this lifetime? Zero. Wow. How? And then look at us. Thank God for Etsy. Thank God for Etsy. Oh, that is so brilliant. (laughs) Ah, So this is for fun because I would love to hear your answer. Mm -hmm. If you could do anything else, if this is not what you do, what would Mm -hmm. you do? This is it. This is it, Patricia. Mm This lifetime and yeah. every lifetime, this yeah. is it. I would focus on different aspects of the creativity and healing part, but this is it. This is it. Yeah. Focus might be different, but healing through creativity, this is it. I love that. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. Do you see people still? Because when you share the story of you going to, to school and tell your friends, if you're hungry, come to my house. Mm-hmm. Do you still yeah. do that? Oh, yeah. I still, I've been hosting. I can, like, I've hosted strangers. I've been hosting since I can, like, since I was a child, I've been hosting in my mother's house. I went to my own house and now, like, I've been hosting all through. I really love hosting people from different nationalities. There's a time, there's somebody I check, I was checking online and they're asking, what do you think about this thing of renting one room in your house for somebody to, and I'm like, Duh. I was doing coach staffing in the early time. Like I had a couple or two <laughs> and sleep in one of the rooms that I'd never met them. Like I was a coach staffer. <laughs> I don't remember what I did from New Zealand or something. Strange people that I found on the internet. I've been hosting strangers. I've been hosting students from, like for a decade, for 10 years, I've hosted students from a school in Norway called HALD International School. Oh. So I hosted, that was like a whole decade of hosting them. And then like all types of people, Kenyans, people from the continent, people from all over the world has been with me. Uh, what do you love about it? I like, I love cooking for people. Oh. Okay, so that I can cook for them. But also to just meet new people, to hear their stories, their life stories, to meet new cultures. Also, when I couldn't travel, I traveled through all these people that I was meeting. Like, I might as well have traveled around the world because of all the people that I was hosting. But just being with people, I like welcoming people to spaces. And in healing work, we say you want to do the things you wish other people had done oh, for you and stuff oh, like that. Sure. When people host me, I'm not sure I've hosted a lot as much as I host, but I like it when people host me. I really appreciate when they host me, but I really like hosting people. And especially like that decade, I was with the students from the school in Norway. 
just working with young people, working with them through their life, training them, teaching them, and then mentoring them after even their year, because they would do a six-month exchange program, then they would go. But I've maintained contact with so many of them. Now, they, they, what they came, when they used to do the program, they become like from high school, before uni. Most of those people that I, I hosted are now married. They have children. Oh, some have come to visit me with their husbands because I used to host girls mostly with their husbands and children. It's such a beautiful gift. So I really enjoy hosting, just being with people. Now I don't host as much as I used to do then because now I have my own children, the family and stuff. But when I could as much as I would, I hosted. Now I host differently. I host people in when they are there in the Airbnbs and then I take them around, but not even (laughs) But it's still hosting. It's still hosting. And then you still bring them like some of your cooking. Oh, yeah. And take them to the village so that they can eat my mother's cooking as well. <laughs> oh, your poor mother. There she is bringing strangers into my house. Oh, she, she's so used. Like this last Christmas, some friends were SE again. I Some oh. SE friends, they visited and I took them there. Oh, she was so happy. That's she was so happy. happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. I like it. Yeah. All the places that you've traveled, is there a favorite? Yes. Mm. It's not a favorite. Let me not talk about my favorites. Let me talk about the one that stays with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will say that stays with me. It's, now I forget the name now that I've said it stays with me. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. That land, they call it the land of enchantment. It's true. I remember I'd gone there for a future directors international conference. It was in one of these Corona years, one of the 2020 Corona years, 20, which 20 are we in now? For 2024. I don't remember. It must be 2022, I think. And I landed in, it's, the airport is so small. Yeah. Just come from my graduation in Boston. So Boston is such a big, is a big airport. Like it's a big place. Then coming, and then I had to crisscross through other connections. Then I went to New Mexico, and I'm like, this place, it's so small, the airport is so tiny. <laughs> but you land, okay, maybe it's me and the way I, my body moves. You plant your feet in New Mexico, and the ground speaks to you. I don't know how else to explain it. When you say, okay, look, let me, let me be the SVT here for a minute. My dear friend, when you say the growl speaks to you, how does your body feel? Trisha, that place is so loud. I don't know how to explain it. It's so loud. That's hearing voices. As having encounters the whole week that I was in New Mexico. And so when I got there, the person I was with, they're like, what? So I was like, I don't think you're getting what I'm trying to say. So what I did, I spoke to somebody who lives there, like I boarded an Uber. And when I told, they said, yes, mm-hmm. what you're saying is true. I also was in that conference with another lady. She's a black woman. She was like, yes, when she called, there's nothing wrong with you. What you're feeling is correct. Patricia, that place, your feet land like this. You just pick mm-hmm. it from the earth. You look up to the sky. It's just speaking and speaking. like. It it doesn't stop speaking unless maybe if you're not hearing. Also, the place is very heavy with the droning. Ooh. It's a very painful land. Ooh. It has a lot of the ancestors of that place. They are crying out very loud for justice. They are asking for they are asking for so many things. I can't even pretend to be able to decipher because I'm not a a person of that land. Uh But I did, there was a lot of groaning, a lot of, there's a lot of death in that place, Uh a lot of sadness in Uh that place, but also a lot of beauty and softness. Uh And yeah, like a feather, the only way I can describe is like a softness of a feather, just a gentle landing, a homeliness. It's one of the most, I don't know, I don't know if to call it beautiful. No, beautiful is not the word I'm looking for. I'm looking for impactful. Yeah, impactful is good. I I can work with impactful. It's one of the most impactful places I have been to on Turtle Island. Oh, And I've been to many places on that island. And yeah, Yeah. New Mexico. It's Abacuki from Abacuki all the way to Santa Fe, back to Abacuki. There's something about that land. It's very different. 
it's just yeah it's just different i get it the land speaks to you because for me that was in spain barcelona have you been no not yet because my like not yet not yet not yet my my niece was baptized in spain we landed in barcelona this was 17 18 years ago i stepped mm-hmm. out of the rental car in barcelona I looked mm-hmm. at the Colosseum and I thought, in my body, I am home. Mm. So gotcha. I understand what you're saying. And the whole Thank trip, we much. went to the yes. south of Barcelona, the whole trip, mm. I was like, it feels good in my body. Mm-hmm. And that was before I learned to be in touch with it's my body. In, the mm, whole thing. Embodiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. embodiment. But I was like, it just feels good to be here. Yes. Right? I know what you mean. That's what happens in New Mexico. Oh. It's just with the sadness, with the pain, like with the full, everything of humanity, the emotions, the full spectrum. That's what I'm looking for. With the entire spectrum of the human emotion and being and existing, you just feel home. Yeah. 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 It's so yeah. funny when you were talking about the airport because I'm thinking Atlanta airport was so busy. Let me tell you what happened. When I'm leaving, so we finished the training, but my flight was the next day. So I was staying at a hotel next to the airport. And then I could see the, the place they're coming in and out. So when I go to the airport, they're like, oh, the hotel, they say, oh, this airport pickup, they pick you and they take you to the airport. So I go downstairs, they pick me. Then this guy, he's from Haiti. Anyway, so he picks me and then we're talking. We go, oh, we start groovy, vibing, what, what. Then he drops me at a place. He's, you know what, madam? So here we have dropped you. You need to get into what we have really traveled for. And doctor going around that airport. He says, you have to go to another, you have to join another bus that's going to take you to the international place. Yeah. So he helps me. It was raining. He helps me cross the road. I get to my bags. I go to the other bus. Patricia. The bus is going and going and not stopping. I almost started asking, am I in the right bus? We leave, like I said, we've left the airport. Now we are on the highway, joined the wrong bus. So the guys is quite, like, we have left the airport. Now I'm feeling like we are on the highway. We're going to the hotel. The place is huge. Yes. We like did, I think it was like a 20 minutes or something. I, I was so sure. I was, okay, madam, you have arrived at the international so I left the same day you did, and the train broke down. That's why we had to do shuttle bus. Yes, the train that takes you from terminal to terminal. Uh-huh. The train broke down, so we all had to be shuttle. Sh- okay. That's why we were doing it. shuttle. I had a rental car because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I should have a rental car because if not every day, pay Uber and then if I oh, yeah, get it groceries. Expensive. But oh, yeah, no, it would have been expensive. Come to classes, yeah. Yeah, and then so the return, the rental car. Did you have a rental car? No, I was using, we, we were lodging with Christine and Christine oh. had her own car. So okay. she was giving us the right to classes and back. Yeah. So the only time I actually used an Uber was from the hotel to the airport. Because my friend actually picked me from class and, and drop, she dropped me at the airport. At Atlanta Airport. The rental cars have their mm-hmm. own like buildings, like mm-hmm. thousands of cars. So you have to take but the train the... from the rental car to the terminal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then the bus, the trains were not working. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself two hours to get from my hotel to the rental car, from the rental car to my terminal. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I did that because thank God, thank God, because the train was not working, and I was the same with you. I was on the shuttle bus going, "Where am I going? Why am Where I? Where are we going? Yes, and I was like, "This is a very long trip." Look at everybody else never said like, "That's people." I think they must think this this black woman is lost. Sorry. Be cool, Boy. be cool. The best thing, I'm like, be cool. There's enough time, you have enough time. You have enough time to clear oh, yeah. customs. Oh, I also do that. I give myself like three, when it's a strange airport that I don't know, 
that I've never been. God, I give myself like I give myself enough time. Yes. Because I do not want to be stuck in a strange airport. And God forbid if they're speaking of a different, not English. No, you 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 have to be there early. So I feel your pain sister. Yes, that train was broken. That's why we're using shuttles, taking us round and round. Okay. Because when you were saying did we go back to the highway? I had the same, I have that that embodied memory of okay, what was happening? What's going on? What's going on? Am I lost? Oh That's my god. Funny. Um, yeah. A couple more questions, mm-hmm. Bean. Mm-hmm. How do you look after yourself with the work that you do? What is your self count? This is guess what? This is a, a question at the exact time. Because my laptop is, is getting down on charge, so I need to charge it. So this is a good recharge question. I <laughs> love this. Synchronicity. Oh, yeah, baby. So I nap. Number you one. Nap. Every day? Every day, I take a nap. Every day, as long as it's possible, I take a nap. For how long? Two hours. Oh. I know. I am impressed. Yes. Because oh look, I am not a great sleeper and I'm not a great napper. So I'm a little uh, bit jealous of people who can do that. Oh no, I nap every day as long as it's possible for me, I nap in the afternoons. Does it make you groggy when you get up after two hours? No, I actually am very energized. Wow. Yeah. I nap. I'm a napper. So I nap. I also have like my circle. Your circle of humans, like your community. Yeah. So I have my circle of humans on this side and on the other side. Oh. So I do a lot of, you know, being with them, sharing with them, consulting with them. Oh. Not pretending. Sometimes, you know, in, in Christianity, we say some people pretend to be a sister to Jesus. <laughs> Deputy Holy Spirit. Anyway, so I just... Remind myself, my name is Wajiko and I'm not a, I'm not the third member of the Trinity. I'm very human. I'm flesh and blood. I need help. Mm-hmm. So being in communion with my circle is very important. Talk with them. I them. I also play a lot. How does play look like? I, all types of play. Dancing, mm-hmm. being goofy, mm-hmm. laughing. I also have three living humans. I'm a mother of five. Oh. Two of them are on the other side with the ancestors. Oh, and three I'm sorry. Of me. It's okay. Uh, and so play with those ones. Play with the, my living babies. I like playing, just being goofy, tickling people, just being very playful. Oh. Not like a scheduled play, but just spontaneous, continuous play. Oh. Being oh. playful. Oh. Yeah. And also now, Moving on to spirituality, a lot of the spiritual disciplines of meditation, of prayer, of reading the holy text, inspired text. Yeah, that communion with the divine a lot. Oh, oh. Yes, to recharge. Also, learning really recharges me because learning is very humbling. It, oh. it, you cannot learn from a posture of pride. You have to be in a posture of humility to learn. It's good. So learning... Yeah, hanging out with friends, being with my friends, my family. Oh, oh, yeah, so all those things. My father used to say, my father's gone with the ancestors now, but he used to say mm-hmm. the day you stop learning is the day you die. The same with my dad. Oh, really? Exact same thing. Oh, yeah. He was an educationist. He believed education is a, the first, the second and the last. That's it. You oh. have to be educated. And he got girls, so it was even more important for him to get the girls. Thank uh, God he educated us. Yeah. So, thank God because that when my life when the roof caved in in on my life, that was the lifeline that pulled me back up. Education. Yeah. yeah. Education yeah. is important. Yeah. Yeah. This last question: Is there any advice that you would love to share? I don't know if it's advice or it would be a welcome, maybe. Ooh. It will be a welcome, welcoming everybody Ooh. who's listening to myself and you into belovedness. Mm. Into the facts and the truth of your belovedness that you are dearly beloved. Oh. Yeah. And just to just welcome you to sit with, that, what, with what that means. And for me, when I talk about belovedness, 
it stems from the divine. It's the essence of the divine that flows through you. Mm-hmm. It's a signature of love that mm. that forms you, that you breathe and live and move and you have your being. And to just rest in that belovedness and allow it to seep into your mind, into your emotions, into every fiber of your being, and then live out your life from that space of belovedness. It'll be very different because then it becomes like a spring that overflows in you. That even now when you see other people, this relations becomes from belovedness. Then you spread love to other people and see them as the beloved, as you see yourself as the beloved. Just imagine the kind of world this would be if we moved in belovedness. And it's just as human belovedness. It's that belovedness is also off and in and to creation, the trees, the land, the air, the water, us, the animals on the land, in the air and in the sea. It's to all this, these things above us, all these lunars and whatever that we can't see. Mm-hmm. All these planets and the stars, that everything exists in belovedness. So just to welcome you into that posture and see what happens. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> I didn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm wondering with what is happening now in the world, if you would mind saying a prayer. If there's one. I don't mind. <laughs> Prayer is to talk to your source. So it's just having a conversation as we are having with you. So it's cool. Do you want me to do it now? The divine is already here. So we are good. Yeah. We cannot exist outside the divine. So we're safe, Patricia. We're held close. All right. So welcome. Yeah. We can be in prayer. Great one. The very breath that flows through our veins, outside our nostrils, in the air that we breathe. You who is love, you who loves us. You who is the great rock, state first, consistence, and moving. Great trees of life nourishing, upwards nourishing downwards with your root. Great, great hands that envelop us. We're so grateful to be here with Patricia and just to commune and just to chat and to laugh and giggle and to recount and to remember and be happy. And as we sit here, we'll also will the sadness of the price of the tears of the pain permeating through the very skies, through the very air that we breathe. Not just in my homeland of Kenya, where femicide is on the rise and a denial of the same. In other parts of the world, on the motherland, up north, Sudan, down in the Congo, lands not far from us, in Palestine, in Ukraine, in Mexico, in the lands of the indigenous peoples of the Tato Islands and all the islands as women and children and men call to you, call to your different names and ask for help. We ask that you would come close, that you would lean your ear. You will spread this very same hands that hold us. And we ask that you may have mercy, you may have mercy, you may have mercy, that you may hear and bring an end to injustice, to pain, to taking away of human lives, to destruction of human bodies, to destruction of the earth, of animals and creation. Great one, give us a stainer, a holder. We call to you, all of us, come and make everything right. Ashi, amen. Beautiful, thank you, my sister. My friend. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me on the show. Anytime. Anytime. Oh, which reminds me now that he asked me to pray. I write prayers, liturgy, actually. I know. Is that a book? It should come, but you can go on Patreon. You can support me on Patreon so that the book can come. All right. 
I will ask you for the link after this and then we'll put yes. it all so in the show notes. So this where I put prayers, devotions, uh, meditations. Yeah, the book will come. The books will come. I've yes. been writing the prayers for some time. They're yes. there so you can read them, be encouraged, meditate. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to put it all in the show notes so everybody can join your patron. Thank you. And they are welcome. Everybody is welcome. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Patricia. Wasn't that fun? Thank you for listening to this episode. This week's advice from me, Ee, your Chinese auntie, is to build a relationship with the land you live on. When you meet people who have a relationship with the land they live on and with their ancestors, you can sense it. They have a sense of belonging. I grew up in Singapore where most things are artificial, man-made. It is often called the artificial city due to its remarkable transformation from a small trading post to a modern metropolis in a very short time. Hence, I had to work on building a relationship with the land that I currently live on. So look into your origin story. How do your ancestors land here? Do you feel and respect the land you live on? Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Conversations with Your Chinese Auntie podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Also, remember to sign up for our newsletter to receive free materials and updates. Links in the website, patriciapeterson.ca. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N.ca. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you in the next episode.